The readings taken from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 34. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labour or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon, in all his splendour, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Well, thank you, Colin, for that reading. Good morning, everyone. Um, and thank you to the band as well for that beautiful worship. Actually, I'd just love for you to hold that affirmation, I am a child of God, in your mind as we um, spend some time exploring this passage this morning. Um, my name is Jess Bray. I'm one of the church wardens here. And a special welcome to anyone watching online, uh, either live or later on. This morning, as Val said, we're going to be finishing our series on courageous faith, looking at confidence. Um, we're going to be thinking about what it means to have our confidence in God and what we can do to build that confidence in our lives day by day. But before we start, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, would you open our hearts and minds this morning to hear the individual message that you have for each of us? May we leave today with an increased confidence in you, Lord. Amen. So I wonder how your heart and mind responds to that scripture. If you've been around church for any length of time, it's likely that you're quite familiar with this particular passage. However, just to recap, Jesus is clearly teaching us here not to be anxious or worried about anything. 
And this is because our God, our Heavenly Father, knows what we need and can be relied upon to take care of us. He says we're valued and loved and that we can have so much confidence in that truth that we can even sell our possessions and give our money to those in need. He tells us to store up our treasures in heaven instead of on earth, to seek first the kingdom and we will have all we need. Wow, what a reassurance. But how does that message land with you? Is it a a warm nod and a smile or maybe a whoop and an amen? (laughs) Well, I've got a confession. Although I have found this passage to be hugely encouraging at times in my life, there have also been times when it's made me feel nervous, ashamed, and even condemned. I've found myself asking, but what does it mean if I do feel anxious? What does it mean if I do find myself worrying about tomorrow? What if the thought of selling everything and giving it away fills me with fear and panic? What does it mean that I still struggle with these things? I've been a Christian for 35 years. Why is my confidence in God so low? I'm left wondering how I can get back to a place of trusting that God really is as good as this passage suggests, that he cares for me and will provide for me. But how do I get there? So I don't know about you, but one of the things that I struggle most with in my life is impatience. When I want something to happen, I'd really like it to be today. I've recently had some work done in my house and everything about it has felt frustrating. Waiting for quotes, waiting for suppliers, waiting for the tradespeople to be available, waiting for the work to be finished, having to put everything back to normal after the disruption. It's all annoying. And to be honest, I'd like it to be done now, please. And when it comes to my spiritual walk, I'm not much different. What I'd really like to happen, preferably today, is a total revelation of God, transformation of all my flaws and failings, deep peace about every challenging situation that I'm facing. And I'd like it to happen after maybe one prayer. Is that okay? Hmm. If you've lived in the Spellthorn area for any length of time, you'll be very familiar with the program of works that's going on to replace the gas pipes under the roads. It literally feels like it's been going on forever. Um, Just when you think it's finished in one area, another set of temporary traffic lights springs up over here. My actual street was done in 2017, but this week they're doing the road into Shepparton. And it is just so annoying. The thing is, our walk with God can be a bit like that. Just when we think we've got it sorted over here, there's a new bit to work on. Just when we think we've found a good rhythm for spending time with God, something changes and it all goes out the window. Just when our confidence and trust is at the most solid it's ever been, life will throw something at us that hits so hard that we feel like we've fallen into a deep, dark pit with no way out. When we're in that pit, our confidence in God can hit a real low. It can be tempting to feel abandoned. And as a result of feeling abandoned, we shut God out and we try to handle everything by ourselves. 
or maybe we over-rely on other people or having money or having things or maybe we try to numb or distract ourselves. The voice of the enemy will be whispering in our ears that our problem is too small, too big, too bad, too messy to hand over to God. But what does having confidence in God even look like? Well, what I've seen in others and experienced for myself is that confidence in God is like a real grounding in the belief that firstly, God is good, that he cares for us, that he's interested in all the small details of our lives, and that when we put anything that we are facing into his hands, that he'll make a way through it and reveal a path. It's trusting God with and in all things. The byproduct of this confidence is that we are equipped to share our lives, to give generously and make sacrifices to help others. When we believe that God has our back and we allow Jesus to guide us, there's nothing that can stop us from loving people to the full. So when God asks us to sell everything and give it to those in need or whatever the equivalent might be in our lives, we'll be moved to obedience and we'll trust God to fill in the gaps. It sounds good and I definitely want to be that kind of person, but how do we get there? The truth is that confidence in God is a daily building, incremental process. Often others will notice the change in you before you do, because it's so gradual. Where are you on this journey right now? Perhaps you're on a nice straight bit of road and things are going well. Or maybe you're stuck in a bit of a pothole. Wherever we are right now, God has a plan for us. If your confidence in God is strong, then I want to encourage you to share it about. Take time to encourage others and reach out. Give something of yourself. Come alongside someone who is struggling and share something of your faith with them. Share stories of what God has done in your life. We know that sometimes it's the testimony of others that can be the very thing that keeps us going and helps us to believe that the same is possible for our lives and our relationship with God. Perhaps God has been speaking to you for some time about a step of faith that you need to take. And I want to encourage you this morning not to delay in responding to that call. But what if you're not in that place at all? What if your confidence is low to non-existent? What does that mean for us? The secret is found in verse 31. Here it is in the New Living Translation. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need. The secret is to seek the kingdom. And if we wanna seek the kingdom, then we need to seek the king, and that's Jesus. Okay, so I've got another confession. When I was writing this talk this week, uh, I got to this point, and I got stuck about what to say next. 
I had a bit of an internal conflict going on within me because part of me wants to tell you that seeking God is not a quick thing. I want to say that confidence in God is something that we can't just immediately put our hands on, that we need to go in after God and pursue him and that there is action for us to take, not to be passive and expect something to drop from heaven, but to chase down the presence of God. And I do believe those things. The great heroes of the faith who we so admire didn't acquire their confidence in God just like that. It's been hard-earned through perseverance and developed time after time of allowing God to work in their situations. All of that is true, but it's only part of the story. My favorite parable in the Bible is without a doubt the parable of the lost son told in Luke chapter 15. I mention it most sermons, to be honest. If if you don't know it, then Google it. You can read it there. I love it, particularly for these words in verse 20. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The father welcomes his child home in the most loving and intimate way. So what is also true is that the instant we turn our faces towards our father God and seek after him, no matter how far away it might feel like we're starting from, he comes running towards us with his arms stretched out to meet and embrace us. And that is something that we can all have confidence in. So to conclude, I want to offer you four simple steps towards greater confidence in God. And step one is the most simple. So number one, we make a choice. We set our intent on Jesus. 1 Chronicles uh, 22 verse 19 says, now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Matthew 6, 6 says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. And then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Our first step is to be intentional and make a choice to seek God. Second step, confess and repent. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We seek God and we humble ourselves before him. Step three, surrender your circumstances. My absolute favorite verse in the Bible is Proverbs three, verse five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, all your circumstances, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And then fourth, don't give up. Be persistent. Revisit steps one to three every single day 
Philippians 1 verse 6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The last verse of our passage today reads, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this is simply a fact about our human hearts. We get to choose where our treasure is. And as we choose God each day, we will experience that confidence that leads to courageous faith. I'd like to invite the band to come up for a time of response. So where are you at on this journey today? Maybe your confidence in God is strong and he is calling you to a deeper faith and confidence in him. Maybe you've known that confidence in the past, but you've taken your eyes off Jesus and you want to turn again to him and receive that embrace. Maybe you're completely new to trusting God with your life. And today could be that very first step as you make that choice to follow him. As we take some time to reflect, I'd like to read some words over you. It's a prayer written by a lady called Sarah Bournes Cosby. And they're words for those who are struggling to pray. If you'd like to be prayed for as the band leads us, or even at the end of the service, please come over to the sofa area because there are people that would love to pray with you. You might want to close your eyes or change your body posture to be more intimate with Jesus. Ask him to prompt your heart. Where is your confidence right now? Allow God to just lead you to a situation, an issue, or an attitude of your heart that he wants you to release into his hands and experience an increase in your confidence in God as you do. So let's pray. May God meet you anyway when you have no words to say. Would you let your body pray through you today? Wordless prayers of movement, taste and touch, of stillness, sight and sound, of hands raised up or knees bowed down. Wordless prayers of lighting a candle, humming a song, watering the plants or walking the dog, savoring your coffee, shivering in the breeze, stirring soup or crunching fallen leaves. Breathing in his mercy, tasting his sweetness, listening for his goodness, touching his kindness. May all your words fail. May you remember that praying is much more than speaking. It is being with the one who loves to be with you. So go, paint your prayers, play your prayers, dance your prayers, draw your prayers, bake your prayers, breathe your prayers, run your prayers, hug your prayers, laugh your prayers, cry your prayers. 
and allow your hands and feet, your fingers and nose, and arms and eyes and shoulders, knees and toes to carry your prayers to the foot of the throne, to the one who needs no words because he already knows. Amen. Amen.